Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. And we started just in the Wednesday nights last week on the spiritual assessment, and that was looking at our walk with the Lord, just taking into account um, in our daily walk. And uh, then tonight, we're just going to look at this more specifically um, and keeping your heart. So it's Matthew chapter 5. If you get there, then stand for the reading of God's word. And we'll read this one verse together. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Amen. Let's read it together. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Father, we just pray you would bless you. Lord, we pray that you would undertake for us and give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats together. Amen. You know that when we go uh, to our doctor, he will do a general check on us, but if there's anything that is flagged up that is more specific, he'll send us to the specialist, and then um, he probably, well, maybe some of you might have been sent to the specialist in a particular area. Um, growing up as a kid, I was always at the ENT, the ear, nose, and throat for the tonsils, and so they'll have an or specialist look into what is going on with you. And tonight, we're going to look at the heart. And you know, the whole essence of the Christian faith rests all in the heart. It's, it's really all about the heart. That's the place of communion with the Lord. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. That is the whole essence of the Christian faith. It is the heart. Of course, Jeremiah, and there's going to be quite a number of verses I want you to go through with me. There are over 800 verses in the Bible that speak about the heart. So God has something to say about it. We're not going to do all 800 tonight. Uh, you'll be glad to hear, but there, there, there is a subject here, and it's worth the study, that it's all about the heart that communion, and it's important that we keep the heart. But we know from Jeremiah chapter 17, if you want to follow these verses through, I'll try to go slow, I tend to go too fast um, on the verses, but I just want to go through some of these verses tonight um, so that we just examine our hearts and ensure that there is a pure heart because the pure in heart are going to see the Lord. Jeremiah 17 and verse 9 it says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. Remember, man looks on the outward, but the Lord looks on the heart. And I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. I, the Lord, Search the heart. If you just go right over into 1 John uh, chapter 3 and verse 20. Bible says the heart, we've just read it, is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And the Lord searches the heart. And the great news is in 1 John 3 and verse 20, 1 John 3 and verse 20 says, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards the Lord. The heart is 
a very unique place in the Christian walk. It is a place that we need to guard. It's a place that we need to be very careful in our dealings with the Lord and what we allow in, uh, what can pollute that heart, what can be sown into that heart, and what can bring a hindrance even in our relationship with the Lord. The Bible deals with the heart extensively. It is the place of conviction. When the Holy Ghost comes to bring conviction, He convicts the heart. The place of affections, desires, uh, the place of the will, the place of the ambition, all of that is in the heart. God tries the reins. He knows the depths of our heart. But when the Holy Ghost moves, He moves on the heart of men. You remember in Acts chapter 2 that when Peter preached on that day, it tells us there that they were pricked in their heart. That is the work of the Holy Ghost. That's what we need desperately in these days is Holy Ghost conviction to to sweep into the hearts of... We're praying for Andrew tonight, but we thank God that even from this prayer meeting that the Holy Ghost hears the prayers of God's people and the Holy Ghost moves on the heart of a man or a woman. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and suddenly we are convicted. There's a grip that comes. Thank God for Holy Ghost conviction. And that's what we need more uh, than anything else today. We need the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. There's a conscience that's pricked by the Holy Ghost. The initial saving faith that takes place takes place in the heart of man, not in the intellect, but in the very heart. If you turn over into Romans uh, chapter 10 and verse 8, we see the Holy Ghost bringing conviction, pricking the heart of the individual. This is what happened to every one of us who are saved. And then Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, this is the initial saving faith that is given to us at that moment when our hearts are pricked and there's a response Bible says, but what saith it, the word is near thee, nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. That's the initial saving faith when the Holy Ghost comes brings conviction by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by His Word. Our hearts are under conviction, as the hymn writer says, my hardened heart was touched. And so we receive the convicting power in the Word of God, and we believe in our heart that God raises Him from the dead, that God has raised Him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved, verse 10 says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made on the salvation. It is through faith that the Holy Spirit will open that heart to receive the gift of salvation. In Acts chapter 16, we see the uniqueness and the supernatural work of the Holy Ghost on the heart. Acts chapter 16 and verse 14, we read there of a lady called Lydia, a seller of purple, which worshiped God heard the word, and then it says, whose heart the Lord opened. Now, that is the prayer that we need to pray. Salvation is of the Lord. The work of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost, bringing conviction and opening hearts to receive the gift of salvation. 
and putting into that life saving faith, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's our prayer. We need more than anything right across our land, old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. Where men, you know, it's a wonderful thing to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. When we weren't saved and we experienced that conviction, it wasn't necessarily pleasant, but it's to bring us to salvation. And we need Holy Ghost conviction in our meetings. We need to pray for it. We, we cannot create an anxious thought. But when the Holy Ghost comes, brings conviction, deep conviction in the hearts of men and women, take, we often pray it, but take sleep from their eyes. Give them no rest. Make them uncomfortable. There's a terrible thing to be at ease in your sin and just going along in your life. But when the Holy Ghost really brings that deep conviction, things really begin to happen. And it's only the Holy Ghost can do that on a heart. So we see the opening of the heart. It's a supernatural work. It's a work of the Holy Ghost. And the power of the Holy Spirit in the new birth installs in each one of us a new heart. We receive a new heart. If you turn back into Ezekiel uh, chapter 36, and we see then what we receive at the new birth, Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, the Lord says there, this is concerning the new covenant in his blood, the born-again experience, when they're saving faith, when we're saved, believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth the miracle of the new birth, he gives us a new heart with new desires. In Ezekiel 36 and 26, it says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. The reason why we can live this life and we have a desire for the things of God is because God's given us that desire. He gives us a new heart, a new desire for the things of God. And it's a new spirit that he puts within us. It's a new heart that he gives us. We don't have the desires. There's the temptations, but we're not tempted of the Lord. But there's the desire for the things of God, the desire for the word, the desire for prayer, the desire to serve, the desire to gather together with God's people. That's not a law thing or a legalistic thing. That's a new heart that God gives us with the same desire. For the spirit of for the spirit of God, over in the second Corinthians chapter three, then we see this prophecy. Paul refers to it in Second Corinthians three and three, Second Corinthians chapter three and verse three says, "For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God." not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. The ministry or the epistle of Christ is ministered not with ink, but with the Spirit of God writing that on our hearts. What God's desire is through his word, it is, Im it is imprinted upon the heart of every believer. From the heart, this whole essence of the heart and this faith and this walk and this relationship with the Lord it is from the heart that we love the Lord. It's from the heart. 
If you turn over into Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, this is the place where we love God from. It's from the heart. Matthew 22 and verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul and with all of thy mind. The first, the great commandment, to love the Lord with all of your heart. You see how important it is that we're keeping our hearts right before the Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of your heart. It is the power of God's word that deals not with your intellectual mind, it deals with the very heart of man. The Word of God deals with the heart. That's where it deals with primarily. It's not in winning the intellectual argument. It is the Word of God that has the effect on the hearts of men. If you turn over into Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it tells us there of the dealings of God and how He deals with His people and how He deals with man through the Word of God. And it is in the heart Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is quick, and it is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, the power of God's word going right into the very depths of a man's soul, right in Look what it says there, the discerner of their thoughts and the intents of their heart, the power of God's word. It is a living word. And when God's word is preached and the truth is preached, it is the Holy Spirit that takes that word, whether it's through tracks, whether it's through uh, personal relationships or work colleagues or whether you give a Bible to a friend or whatever way, when that word of God is read, the Holy Ghost takes the living word penetrates that right into the depths, into the core of a man's being. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. All the issues of life issue out of that heart. All the issues of life issue out of that heart. And that is why the Bible covers extensively the heart. You go back into Deuteronomy chapter 4. Israel were instructed very particularly about keeping and guarding and walking and watching their heart. God commands them that they should keep it and watch it and be diligent about their heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 9, there it says, Deuteronomy 4 and 9, Take heed to thyself, keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. It is with this instruction that they were to take heed, that they were to keep their soul diligently, that they would forget the things that they have seen, the experiences that they have had with the Lord, the great things that the Lord had done for them, lest they depart from thy heart all the days of your life. Never forget what the Lord has done in your life. Never forget the goodness 
of the Lord in saving your soul. Never forget the mercy of God. Never forget the hole that he dug us out of. Never forget of the pit that he lifted us from. Never forget of the day and the hour that her names were written in the Lamb's book of life. Never forget of the valleys that he's brought us through. Never forget the fires that he's preserved us in. Never forget the dark nights that he's brought us through and give us that song in the morning. Never forget those things. He said, never let them depart where from, from your heart. When you meditate and think of the goodness of Jesus, as the song says, and all that he's done for me, our souls cry out because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. When our hearts are filled with the goodness and the mercy and the thought of God and all that he's done for us. Do you know what happens? We want to talk about it. We want to sing about it. We want to rejoice about it because God has been so good. If you turn over to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. And here again this instruction is about guarding, examining, looking at, and keeping your heart. It's so important that we do. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 says there, Proverbs 4 and 20, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Keep the word in your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. What is going to keep us? What is going to preserve us in these days in which we're living? The last days, of course, we know we're in those days, but it is the word of God in our hearts to meditate upon them both day and night. Though these words will keep you, this word will keep you, and don't let them depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. And here's verse 22. For these words, if they're hid in your heart and kept there, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Look what it says. The word that's kept in the heart, they are life unto those that find them and their health to all of their flesh. Verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. That word diligence means guard your heart. You have to actively guard your heart. For out of it are the issues of life. See how important the heart is in the eyes of God? He says here we have to keep our heart with all diligence. Guard it. Guard what comes in. Guard what you hear. Guard what you read. Guard what is infiltrated into that heart. All the feelings, the emotions, everything that happens around us. We need to guard our hearts. For out of that becomes comes the issues of life. Then goes on to say, Put away from thee the froward mouth and the perverse lips. Put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left, and remove thy foot from evil. What a powerful instruction we have from God's word. Out of that heart are all the issues of life. Everything that happens, happens out of that heart. What goes on in the heart 
not in the mind or not even in the circumstances around us. What goes on in the heart has a profound effect on our walk with the Lord, has a profound effect our heart. You know, I'll go through some. I don't want you to turn to it, but you know, it's in the heart that God looks at, but he's seen that there was a people that were far from him. It is a heart that was hardened in John 12 and verse 40. In Mark 11 and 23, it was there in the heart that doubt had been raised up, and where there's doubt, there's no faith, and then fear comes. In John 14, Jesus said these words, let not your heart be troubled. The reason why he said it is because it's possible that your heart can be troubled. But Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In John 16 and 6, he talked of sorrow that had filled their heart. In Acts 5 and 3, this is very serious. This was in the New Testament, Acts 5 and 3. There was a particular couple and it says of them that Satan had filled their heart that they would lie to the Holy Ghost. So we need to guard our hearts. We need to put a guard on our hearts. The Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will also be. If your treasure is Christ, then that's where you'll be. Out of the abundance of that heart, the mouth is going to speak. We're going to serve God. Do you know how we serve God? It's not just in the physical, but the Bible tells us that we're to serve God, and it comes from the heart. That's where service all begins here. In Ephesians, if you turn to chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, here is the place out of the heart that a man will serve God. It's always an issue of the heart. Ephesians 6 and verse 5 says, Ephesians 6 and 5, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart, as unto Christ, not with thy service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. All of our service, all of our activity must come from that heart as unto the Lord. With a singleness of heart, we want to serve the Lord. Where do we serve Him from? Not just in the physical outworking of all of that, but we serve Him from the heart. God's looking at our hearts that we serve Him from the heart. It's the place that the Lord has put His song. It's in our hearts. In Ephesians 5, if you go back a chapter, verse 19, the Bible says there, this is the place where the song of the Lord rests. Ephesians 5 and 19, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Have we got a song in our hearts? We may not have a great voice, but you can still have a wonderful song in your heart. It's the song of the Lord. It's a song of deliverance. It's making melody in your heart as unto the Lord when he comes and there's a song in the house and we begin to sing with our voices. But what God is looking at is our hearts that we're singing unto him, that it's a joyful noise, that it's his song, but it's in our hearts. Of course, it comes out our mouths and, and ministry and, and, and the musicians, but it all begins in the very depths of our hearts. It's the place, it's the place when we keep it that we will have a true love for the Lord and for the brethren. Remember, we read, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. In 1 Timothy 
chapter 1 and verse 5, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 5, it says these words. Now the end of the commandment is love or charity out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of a faith unveined. Now the end of the commandment is to love out of a pure heart. We need to keep our hearts. We need to keep our hearts. What defiles the heart? What brings a pollution to that heart? And all the activities and everything that happens in this life, the enemy would seek to sow into that heart discord, bitterness, unforgiveness, envy, hurt, all of those things in order that our hearts are not pure. In 2 Timothy 2 and 22, Paul writes and says, Flee also useful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Peter writes, seeing in 1 Peter 1.22, seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit on the unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Fervent demonstration of the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts is going to be the greatest impact that we'll have on the community around us. These people love each other. The love of God is in their hearts. There's a fervent love among the brethren. That's what's going to impact the world around us. That's when they'll know that we are the followers of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Out of a pure heart. The pure in heart are going to see the Lord. Coming to a close in a moment. But Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And I, I just pray that this is this would really be manifested in all of our hearts and my heart and your heart and all of our hearts this would really be manifested in the days in which we're living Luke chapter 24 we read the story there of the Lord meeting two uh, disciples on the road and it must have been one of the greatest Bible uh, teaching lessons ever that two men have ever experienced. It says that he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the Lord appeared, all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. From Moses and all the prophets, the Lord walked alongside two men who were discussing the events that had just taken place in Jerusalem concerning the Lord. Somehow they were not open to the revelation that that was him as he walked with them. But he began to expound the scriptures from Moses and all the prophets. And these men were captivated at the great teacher, the greatest teacher ever. That's Jesus Christ. And as they entered the village, they constrained him, verse 29, and said to him, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them, and it came to pass that they sat at meat. He took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. Their eyes were opened. The pure in heart are going to see God. And they knew him. Suddenly he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? Do you know, wouldn't it be wonderful that the Lord would set all our hearts ablaze with his love. I mean, really set us on fire for God. A love for God, 
a love for the brethren, a desire out of our heart to serve him, a desire that all the dross will be burned up, a real Holy Ghost fire burning in the depths of our hearts. Real, deep, powerful fire burning and burning and burning and burning and burning in our hearts. Did not our hearts burn? You know what that means? Very simply, it means they were set on fire. He set their hearts on fire within them. While we talked, while he talked with us, by the way, while he opened the scripture, their hearts were set on fire. Friends, wouldn't it be wonderful if God would just set all our hearts on fire for him? Our hearts, our hearts, so much is going on up here, so much is going on all around us. But wouldn't it be wonderful if the Lord would just come and just set all our hearts on fire for him? Burn within us. The Holy Ghost burning in the depths of our core being, right into the depths of our heart, a fire set on fire for the Holy Ghost. You know, we hear that term often said, boy, that boy up there, that boy over there, that lady over there, they're on fire for God. Pray that we'll all be on fire for the Lord. How does that happen? It's not just the outward, but it's right in the very depths of our being that the Lord would set us all on fire. Last wee verse I'll leave with us tonight, and then I'm going to ask David if you come and trace again just to, to sing a, a song as we're closing tonight. But Psalm 139 and verse 23, we're doing a spiritual assessment. We're looking at the core issue of the, the spiritual walk, and that is keeping your heart. The heart, a specialist in the heart. God's a specialist of the heart. That's where he specializes. In Psalm 139 and verse 23, it simply says, and obviously the hymn is taken from this, Psalm 139 and verse 23, the psalmist says, Search me, O God, search me. Are we willing to say that to the Lord? Are we willing to say, Lord, search me? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We're willing to say that. We're willing to say and pray the prayer of the psalmist. Search me and know my heart. Thank God he knows all our hearts. He knows all our hearts. You know if our hearts condemn us, praise God there's one greater than our hearts. doesn't leave us there. There's one greater than our hearts. Not fire burns up all the death. Burns up all the sin. Burns up all the pain. That heart. Keep your heart. Guard your heart. But oh God, set all our hearts ablaze with thy love. May we serve and may we love one another fervently. That's going to change this world around us. Set us ablaze with thy love.